Welcome to Palliative Perspective, a podcast produced by the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association. Each episode will explore important topics from the field of hospice and palliative care to preserve our history, explore current challenges, find inspiration from our patients, create connections within our field, and peek into the research that shapes our future. Whether you're a seasoned nurse, a nursing student, or simply interested in the field of hospice and palliative care, we're glad you're here. Let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome to this special episode of Palliative Perspective. I'm Diane Shearing, Senior Vice President of Education, Membership, and Marketing with the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association. Today we have the distinct honor of sitting down with Lynn Ranke, the newly elected president of HPNA and HPNF. Lynn, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me, Diane. It's exciting to be here. So to kick us off, could you share a little bit about your background and the journey that led you to this position as president of HPNA and HPNF? Certainly. I think even beginning back when I was graduated with my undergraduate and I was working uh, mostly in pulmonary and critical care, I was always looking to certain role models in my field. I remember being in a meeting and really admiring one of the clinical nurse specialists that had such a unique leadership style that I admired. And I wondered, how did she gain those skills? Were they natural or did she practice? Or what was it about this person that um, really made her stand out as a leader in my eyes? And I think that example continued through my work as a nurse practitioner as well as my, um, when I pursued my PhD in nursing, that I was surrounded by people that I really admired and I was curious, how did they get to this place? And so it was a combination of um, watching people in leadership uh, roles, asking them about their journey to um, become a leader, and then pursuing some of those steps so that I myself could acquire some of those skills. Great, great. So could you tell us a little bit about your role with the University of Utah College of Nursing? Yes, I have the best job on earth. I was recruited to come to the University of Utah two years ago, um, and I really feel so grateful that I um, took this risk to leave a job I really did like, but to pursue something that was a larger role where I felt like I could make an impact. So I'm a presidential endowed chair for palliative and end-of-life care in the College of Nursing. Um, as part of that role, I am, my goal is to develop programs um, for to really impact and spread palliative care throughout the state of Utah and hopefully beyond. So for example, we started a new advanced practice fellowship um, in palliative care for nurse practitioners and physician assistants this past year. And so we're we're hoping that that will grow the workforce as well as provide primary palliative care and specialty palliative care for our citizens in Utah. So part of my role is program development. I also am uh, grateful to work with an amazing research team. So we're focusing a lot of our research again in palliative and family Uh, integrated care. I practice um, a small amount, but I'm grateful for my practice as a nurse practitioner at the University Hospital um, Palliative Care Consult Service, where I work with an amazing team and keeping my hands on patients and their families 
really grounds my work in all ways. Um, it helps with my, you know, my teaching and keeps me up to date. But most importantly, it feeds my research questions. When I run across a situation with a patient or their family that are very ill, and I don't have a solution or there's no evidence behind it, it helps me to identify where there are gaps. So um, this combination of research and building programs and teaching and clinical practices really for me, an ideal um, situation and, and, and job. And that's why I say it's it's a, a joy to really uh, be of service to the University of Utah. That's great. Yeah, finding joy in work is always so important. It just makes it so much more fun to go to work every day, doesn't it? It does. As one of my mentors, Diane Meyer, always mentioned, it, it's like trying, it's where you can find B and B, your highest and best self. And I believe that I found it here in this in this role. Well, that really leads us well into our next question. Uh, the Journal of Hospice and Palliative Nursing is running in a president's message in our March issue. And in this article, you talk a little bit about taking risks in career development. Can you tell us about how you've taken risks and what the outcomes of those risks have been? I'd like to begin my response to your question with a verse by Nora Roberts. And I have this on my phone and I look at it frequently. And she says, if you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't step forward, you're always in the same place. And that verse is, is a reminder to me that we have to take risks in life if we're going to grow if we're going to um, learn new things, if we're gonna become leaders in whatever that may be. And so I keep that in mind and um, a lot. And when I've been presented with certain opportunities that sometimes I don't feel confident that I am maybe the best prepared for, I think about this and think, why not? If I don't ask, I'll never know. So one example that I'll share, um, that I'll share in the article as well, is that um, a very big part of my life was being selected um, in the first cohort for the Cambia Children's Scholars Leadership Program in 2014. This was a new program that was um, started to really grow the next generation of palliative care leaders. And they were selecting 10 people across the country and I was really nervous. I didn't think that I would be qualify at all for this very competitive program. But my mentor at the time said, this program was made for you, Lynn. Let's let you have to try for this program. And so I did. And I remember being incredibly nervous, being interviewed by a bunch of people I always admired and never had maybe perhaps met before in the palliative care space. Dr. Betty Farrell being one of them. And um, and then I ended up being selected as one of two nurses in the country. And I tell people that that experience and taking that risk has changed my life, both personally and professionally. Um, professionally, doors have opened that I never had expected to open because of this opportunity, as well as I have, um, I've really met some amazing people in our space in palliative care and you know built and 
have this developed and maintained really important uh, relationships. So that's one example of like, I was nervous. I didn't think I would qualify, but I took a chance. And even if we take a chance and we don't maybe achieve what we're hoping to, I always think we learn from pushing ourselves. We learn something about ourselves. Maybe we learn that what's a, a better fit for us or what's not a good fit for us and what is a good fit for us. So that's sort of my sort of personal philosophy about taking risks. That, that quote is really, really inspiring. And I think it really kind of, it's short and sweet, but it really kind of gets to the point of like, you don't know until you try. And sometimes you just have to jump in and learn what you what you can from any experience. Your article also touches on the importance of mentoring. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of mentoring for your professional growth and how HPNA can support nurses in growing their professional skills. Well, I wouldn't be where I am without the amazing mentors I've had throughout my career. And um, one of the first mentors I had in my master's program, who I mentioned in the article, Dr. Leslie Hoffman, was an incredibly strong mentor. She was not an easy mentor. She was a tough mentor, but she saw potential in me that I don't think I even realized. And she pushed me. And because of that first experience, I then became a little braver to kind of ask people, you know, um, that I admire that were successful in the palliative care space or pulmonary um, and critical care space, if they would work with me. And, you know, I've had an array of amazing mentors that, um, including Dr. Randy Curtis, um, the late Dr. Randy Curtis, and um, many others, Diane Meyer, that have just pushed me and knew I had more capacity than I realized. And I think that's so important. And I think HPNA has a mentoring like match program that we can certainly capitalize on. But I also think that when we get together and we build a, a, a network within HPNA, sometimes we naturally will find people that will mentor um, us, or maybe we feel like it's a good match for us. And mentoring can come in all different sizes and, and look differently depending upon what our needs are. Sometimes you need a research mentor. Sometimes you want a clinical coach or a leadership mentor. So I kind of have this array of mentors that I go to um, when I need something maybe different. And I think that is a great opportunity for our members of HPNA to take advantage of. Um, so that's, I think, mentors, when you when you have a really strong mentor and you've received this and you get to a place where you didn't think you could be, you want to give back. And that's what mentoring is about. Great. Yeah, you touched a little bit on, you know, those formal mentoring relationships and then sometimes those maybe informal mentoring relationships and how, you know, depending on the need, you know, they can be just as valuable. And, you know, really being involved in the organization is a great way to expand your network to, you know, kind of find like who you gel with and maybe you work together on a small project and realize that there's more to learn and that connection is already made. So that can be really, really helpful. Yes. As a matter of fact, when I look back at my some of my uh, service at HPNA, I was involved um, probably oh, 10 years ago, maybe not that long, on a dyspnea task force that was led by Dr. Margaret Campbell. 
And I was honored to be invited um, to be a part of that. And she is such an incredible role model in her research. And because of that, like you said, exactly what happened. I, I got to know her a little bit more. I got to know other people in the task force. And we then continue to work together on projects and invite each other on projects. So one thing can really lead to another when you um, and when you have a strong mentoring again, whether it's formal or informal. Yes, absolutely. And that's definitely the power of associations. Mm -hmm. so, and so you touched on this a little bit, but you know, as a longtime volunteer with HPNA, you know, you've shared your time and your expertise in many ways. Um, can you speak a little bit more to how these experiences have benefited you both personally and professionally? Yes, I my, my first time I was invited to present um, at HPNA in 2010. Um, I had never been to a conference before and he had just joined the organization and I was just hooked. The energy in that room for um, with thousands of people was so invigorating. I was like, so because of my first speaking engagement, I was hungry for more. And so I was vol I volunteered for um, I, I was invited to be on some task force and also volunteer to serve as a reviewer for abstracts for the conference. And um, when the opportunity came up several years ago to apply to be the board of on the board of directors, um, I again was a little nervous. Did I have this in me? But I also knew that the organization would support my growth. Um, learning about governance, which is so important, and my leadership in this. And so um, I would just encourage people to just get engaged, start with one, join one SIG that is of interest to you, or one committee. There's so many opportunities. There's the policy arm that is so interesting to become a state ambassador. There's so many ways to learn and meet people um, and really, like, have fun. It's like a family. It's a community and it's like a family. And so um, I'm very grateful to, um, to have served in the various roles I have and very excited to um, have this upcoming years serving as the, the president. So the board for both HPNA and HPNF uh, about two years ago developed our current strategic plan. And now we're at the halfway mark for the current plan. And so as we enter the second half, what excites you most about the strategic plans for both HPNA and HPNF? I think number one is not only growing the number of our mentors, but, but growing the variety, the diversity of members and engaging them, having them come to the first meeting or a meeting and drink the Kool-Aid like I did in 2010 and really like in some ways, not all of us have a ton of time to give to service, but I really hope that um, we will, we do provide so many opportunities for engagement. And I know that we're looking and striving um, under your leadership as well to create other opportunities or in additional, additional opportunities for members to become engaged and to learn. And so that's, that's what excites me most about um, really um, our strategic plan and, and where we have like so much potential to go with it. That's great. Yes, growing our membership and constantly creating new opportunities for engagement is definitely at the top of our list as well. So that's great to hear. 
Um, on a personal note, how would do you like to spend your free time? Well, I live in a place that's surrounded by beautiful mountains. So um, we in the winter, we love to ski. And the summer, we like to do a lot of hiking. Being outdoors is just really um, just kind of, I, I take a breath. It, it calms my inner soul. It feeds my energy level. And so I love, I love walking and being in nature. I also love yoga. And if you come to Salt Lake City, please come to my house. I will make you a really yummy Italian dinner. <laughs> I like to cook and have family and friends over. That's great. So this podcast goes out to lots of people. So hopefully you have a pretty long table. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as we wrap up our conversation today, Lynn, what message would you like to leave with the members of HPNA, the donors of HPNF, and our listeners today? I would invite our members and our donors to come and talk with us. You know, we sit uh, as a board, we, we really are very thoughtful about, you know, tackling different challenges that we might have in it as an organization, but we don't have all the answers. We want, please come to us. Maybe we're not even aware of some issues that we should be, or we don't, you know, or we haven't thought of a, a possible approach or a solution to a challenge or a barrier that we're facing as organizations across the country in, in general. Um, so I would just invite you to engage with us. We're not sitting behind you know, a, a, a curtain. Um, we want people to, to talk with us and um, I welcome people to email me and I will take um, any ideas and um, forward. So um, yes, please just, we're, we're, I, I love the idea of like creating more community um, with all of our members and donors. That's great. Yeah, as a board, you know, you really do represent the membership. And so, you know, of course, you know, the door should be always open. And, you know, and if anybody listening has something, you can always send it to info at hpna.org. And we can always get that information to Lynn and the rest of the board as well to help support the, the communication process. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for sharing your insights and vision for HPNA and HPNF. It's really just been a pleasure having you on the Palliative Perspective, and I thank you for your time. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found our discussion informative and engaging. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support what we do, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe for future episodes. This helps us to continue to build our audience of listeners and dive deeper into the world of hospice and palliative nursing to bring you more insightful interviews. Have an idea for a future episode? Send us an email at info at For more resources on hospice and palliative nursing, be sure to visit us at www.hbna.org.